You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 281. Now, this is a family show. However, I have some stuff to say first, because before we get to the family show, I'd like to say that there's a change I made after we finished recording. So the bulk of today's show is Marco, Mike, Florence, and I ranking the Billboard charting hits of 1990. The grading scale I made up was dislike, indifferent, like and love so basically we listen to you know a sample of some of the songs from 1990 and we say whether we dislike are indifferent to the song like it or love it but as you'll hear during the show i struggled a few times when i wanted a category between indifferent and like so i have officially added a new category called okay which sits right in the middle So some of our votes might be slightly different when we continue this series in the future. And if you pay attention, we still explain ourselves to the point where you'll know where we stand, even if the vote changes slightly. But I just thought I'd let you know. But it will only affect this show in a very, very minor way. So it's not a big deal. So how about this? Let's listen to a track and then we will jump right into the family show. So I have a track here from Marine. M-A-R-E-N-E. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, the Kings of the Pattersons. There's Dance Magic, Chris Dance, Robert D. Bishop, Collector, Collecting Souls, and Mike Shima, my favorite hacker. You guys are awesome, and uh, I hope you enjoy this track. This is Marine with Something's Out There, the Gated Reverb Remix.
All right, and that was Marine with Something's Out There, the Gated Reverb Remix. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. I would like to say that Rama Branch, Rama, has upgraded his support. That's right, Rama, Rama. Uh, You are now in the $10 club. You are a cool guy. I call you Dollarama. $10-rama is what I call you because we got a store here called Dollarama. Anyways, listen, uh, thank you so much for supporting the show and thank you for upgrading your support. Rama Branch. Rama Branch. It's one of those two. (laughs) I keep on forgetting. All right, so look, we are here right now with the Beyond Synth family. This is a Beyond Synth family show, which means I am joined by Mike Mendoza. You are fired. Mark O'Merrick. Hey, everyone. (laughs) 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 We'll we'll talk about that later. And Florence Bullock. Hi. Hi, Florence. (laughs) All right, everyone. Everyone's okay. I don't know. Marco? Yes. What's what's, your... What's your definition of okay these days? Ooh, good point. Yep. Actually, I did want to bring up um, to everyone here. It's been about a year since all the COVID stuff happened. Mm. I think since the last family episode, it's been officially a year since the lockdowns, mm-hmm. at least in North America, started. How do you guys feel now that things are sort of coming to a close or the next chapter? It's not to a close. Unfortunately... In Canada, see, now you guys have all the vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, a large amount. Mm-hmm. And Canada kind of doesn't. And we sort of have a shortage. Which doesn't make any sense because isn't, like, aren't all the pharmaceutical companies Canadian companies? No. No. They're all in, like, Detroit. Really? They're all in Michigan. I don't think Canada has a single factory that makes vaccine Mm, where did i hear that all of our vaccine stuff was all import and all the companies kept on under delivering pretty much like the whole thing was mismanaged so it's like we're expecting like 1 million pfizer doses and that's like they only delivered twenty thousand. so right now we're in the middle of actually like a pretty bad third wave do you think there's crime involved? What do you mean? Like if like if vaccines are getting taken off the back of a truck. A lot of TV <laughs> shows have plot devices these days about um, vaccines being stolen, secret cabals of rich people in Upper West Side, New York, like having vaccine parties with stolen merchandise and shit. That's the newest law and order with Elliot Stabler. <laughs> it's so corny. Wait, so did the rich people have like an ice cream truck to like collect the vaccine and put it into it's got to be cold i th- i think that yeah there was a scene about a freezer there's just an ice cream man administering vaccines yeah 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 and, like they have to hide the needles in the cones <laughs> <laughs> there's like this scene where they're jabbing people with the fucking pointy end of the cone <laughs> and pushing it or no the ice cream end of the cone actually the, the needle is uh right in the ice cream part picture the image of they put the pointy part of the cone to the arm and the guy presses his thumb <laughs> into like the ice cream ball no i'm i'm imagining it the other way so people are like just jabbing each other in the arm with just a full-on ice cream cone <laughs> so they press the ice cream part to the person's arm yeah like if the ice cream was secretly under like if the needle was pointing out of the ice cream and everyone had a cone they're just stabbing each other in the arm with a full ice cream cone <laughs> i'm gonna put this question to the audience audience what is funnier (laughs) hiding a needle in ice cream and stabbing someone with the ice cream part or with the pointy part and pressing the thumb into the ice cream to dispense the the medicine 
I guess it depends on how much covert spy stuff is going on. Because the one option is everyone is just stabbing each other with ice cream. <laughs> and the other one, there's a sneaky fucking doctor just like... <laughs> Well, see, because in your version, it's oh like, God. it's like, so like everybody, it's like just this park full of people that are all just fucking stabbing each other with ice cream cones. Like it's not just one guy <laughs> administering it. I like that it's in a park. It used to be an Upper West Side apartment, but now we're in uh, a park and I like this. Well, because there, there's an ice cream truck. So people come by. It's like when you buy weed and like it has to be like just real sneaky, sneaky. Can I have one rocky road, please? <laughs> Wink. Yeah. And then you like you shuffle your arm closer to the guy and he's like, here. Here you go, sir. Oops, I've handed it to you upside down. Oh <laughs> I like this scenario. Okay, so that one's officially funnier. Are you- <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Anyway, so the point is... Oh yeah, the point was, how do we all feel about this? Yeah, because right now, you guys in the States, it's a lot more organized. Like, that you have those, like, stadium setups. And they're launching needles out of a t-shirt cannon. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't we don't have anything like that here. I think over here they've opened up the COVID vaccine. It, it, basically, you could just walk in now, anyone um, of any age group or whatever. The uh, the subreddits for each city have uh, like posts now about like New York City has forty thousand appointments available. Go check the website. Yeah, and L A has like a hundred. That you know, Texas has fifty thousand in Austin. Like it, it is becoming a big thing and widely available. Yeah, and then, we got too many vaccines here, and, and you know, people don't want it. Meanwhile, in ca- poor Canada doesn't you know have even have enough. Yeah, they got to send some of that shit up my way. Because our country's doing the thing you're not supposed to do. They're they're changing the scheduling, right? Because it you know it's supposed to be like a month apart, and they're like delaying mm. people's second doses by like three months. Oh, jeez, mm. that's great. Oh, by the way, I'm back to smoking weed. I took a long <laughs> break from drinking from the end of September before Christmas to my birthday, which is a day before St. Patty's Day. So I I got back on the drinking sauce, the the drinking holiday, <laughs> and now I'm back on the weed sauce on the weed holiday. And now my whole life is just going down the train. <laughs> I know we talk about this but i feel like you've been smoking weed this whole time well we <laughs> talk about that our new year's show i mentioned that i quit this stuff i just wanted to clear my head and clear my space which now that i feel like i'm back i'm like i kind of do have a little bit of a healthier grab on my relationship with things that can alter your mind i'm a party animal through and through and i'm like <laughs> man like it's so difficult for me to like not drink Stupid. three because once I have three, I'm like, let's have 17. It becomes a rock video. Yeah, 17 joints. Right? <laughs> anyway, the point is, smoke them if you got them. Uh, we're going to listen to some awesome music today. Marco's picked a bunch of tracks. I've got a few tracks to play. And today's episode has a theme, which I will explain after we listen to some music. So, Marco, do you want to uh, play a track? No. Okay. (laughs) 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 Now I'm going to go some new (laughs) track. You got an awesome. All right, all right. Don't do this again, Mike. Come on. Uh, I got an awesome new track here from Highboyd, uh, who's brought out a song called Supercomputer Nightmares. I enjoyed listening to it yesterday when I was really high. (laughs) (laughs) Really hit the spot. Thank you. 
right, and that was High Boyd with the track Super Computer Nightmares. Uh, Marco Pick, and of course, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We got Jose Arbello, the King of Hell. We got Mike Erdahl. Take the donation of the beast and plus 50. We got Tim Carlton, the golden donor. And we got Jacob Wick, my semi-sonic friend. All right, and we're back here with the Beyond Synth family, uh, including noted pothead Mike Mendoza. Hey, Marco, weed is legal in New York City now. What's the deal? I know, right? I was going to talk about that. I didn't want to go on another tangent. But yeah, how exciting, right? Before I moved to Texas, I had these uh, this hookup. It was a, a weed delivery service. Now I can talk about it on the air publicly. <laughs> 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 because I just didn't want to I didn't want to get them into trouble. And you text them. They would come by in about an hour. You got in the car, and they opened the thing, and there's like 20 kinds of weeds that you can choose from. That sounds cool. And it's like half-baked with the delivery biker and he's like this one has like a piney taste and you could like taste it so now that weed became legal like the next day I get a text from these guys and I haven't texted them like since 2013 2014 since you moved right I get a text that's like hey guys we're gonna be adding everyone to a super cool uh, customer list text stop to remove yourself from the list and I was like oh my god my weed connect is fucking legal now I was just so excited (laughs) for them because like they're cool guys and they have kids and they have dogs and like they always travel with their dogs and stuff like these are the nicest weed dealers and like most professional guys you ever knew they weren't like just some scummy like guy in a crappy alley like these were like they had nice cars and shit and i'm still on their list and when i get married in september in new york city i'm telling i'm gonna text them and it's gonna be a reunion <laughs> is this is this gonna be bad for business for them though or not now that it's legal I'm not sure how it works no hopefully I'm pl- I, hopefully this is better mm. for business for all the New York listeners yeah I might have to pay them a visit too maybe they don't even need to find a hookup maybe they have a website oh my god it's so amazing that weed is legal listen this is a thing that I've been mm-hmm. advocating for since I was like a very young young stupid kid I even joined the Million Marijuana March when I was like 14 years old. It was the day I took my SATs. I walked out of that school and I found this parade on Houston Street. It was the Million Marijuana March and I was like, I'm by myself. I'm going to join and have a good time. Then when the parade ended in Battery Park, all you could smell was just a bunch of weed fucking (laughs) stoners and hippies. And we were all like, man, I wish we could do this legally. And so like one of my career goals was to be a lawyer so I could join the normal organization, N-O-R-M-L. It's like for marijuana reform and i was like i want to fight for the cause man and then like i turned 16 and (laughs) i forgot about it (laughs) (laughs) that story ended perfectly i also love your definition of a nice guy or just people who happen to have kids and dogs you know like (laughs) no one with a dog in his car could be a bad guy I'm telling you, they're nice. <laughs> I mean, like, when your weed dealer shows you pictures of their kids on their phone, there's no shadiness is, is the real... That's the bonus. There's no, like, is this guy going to jump me? Am I potentially going to freak out and jump him? That's happened a few times. <laughs> Imagine I go to buy weed and I'm like, shit, man, I'm really nervous. Hey, give me the fucking weed. Boom, boom, boom. And you run away. <laughs> Where'd you get that weed? And you still had the 20 bucks I gave you. Yeah, I accidentally jumped a guy. I got the money and I got the yayo. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> I, 
like how I told the audience that today's show has a theme, and so far that theme has just been weed. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway, look, let, look, let's get down to business, all right? So, if you are a regular listener to Beyond Synth, you know I frequently take jabs at the 90s, mostly 90s music. And even though a lot of my favorite things come from the 90s, I still have the overwhelming sense that I'm, like, not fond of 90s pop culture. Yeah, you and I got into a big fight about this. And that's kind of the point of today's show, is to properly re-examine my thoughts and have you guys also chip in with your feelings as well. Chip in your th- chip in your thoughts? Is that an expression? Penny for your thoughts? You wanted us to reinforce your beliefs. That's what it yes. is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to actually reassess. I think it's this important thing that people can do every now and again is to sort of like take stock of your own ideas and go like, do I really believe that strongly in this thing? Is this just a thing I've been saying for years, but I've never really thought about it or put any energy into it? So today we're going to go through the chart topping hits of 1990. So we're going to, well, this will be like an ongoing series. So it's not um, 52 tracks because some tracks were number one for several weeks. Yeah, exactly. Right? And so the point of this is, uh, you know, I, w- I want to know whether I truly feel the way I keep saying I feel. You know, I want to see if my opinions have changed. I want to know if I'm thinking of the stuff I say I'm thinking about. You know, because, for example... When I complain about 90s music, some of those songs, now that I've actually looked at the Billboard charts, are from like 1999 to 2004 era. But in my head, I continue to refer to them as 90s. Yeah, because some of the stuff you've complained about is like weird Euro house from like 99. The Euro house stuff I probably like a lot more than the shit we're going to listen to today. But (laughs) (laughs) the shit we're going to listen to today. I'm not sure if you're ready to open your mind. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's how you're approaching this. Well, maybe I'm talking like that to throw the audience off, you know, like there might be some surprises in store. Um, so the agenda today is we are going to listen to some chart topping hits from 1990. There's a total of 25 songs, but the way we fucking chat, we'll probably be lucky if we get through half of it. Uh, we've got a trivia game submitted by awesome patron Monkey Magics, uh, which we're going to speed run through. And then Mike wants to play a game of password right classic 60s uh television network game yeah so we got lots to do so let's listen to this song from the sea at midnight and it is brought to you by my awesome patreon supporters well you know him he stalks the night it's city hunter and in the 2666 club it's hugh hefna and we are going to listen to this track now this is how many times by the sea at midnight
And that was The Sea at Midnight with How Many Times. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. Awesome people like Clint Dowling, A Star Apart, Alex Seligson, Blake Peterson, Eurobeat Intensifies, Honeybeard, and Jimmy the Hut. You guys are cool guys. And I'm back here with the Beyond Synth family, and I'm just queuing up the 1990 Billboard Hits playlist. But before we talk 90s, I have a quick birthday announcement. So I missed one last week. On April 27th, it was the birthday of Dennis LaFunk. But for future reference, if you want me to announce your birthday, please send me a private message on Patreon. You know I'm a disorganized guy. Uh, I know some people responded directly to the birthday announcement on the post itself, and I missed a couple because I don't get easily notified of those comments. But direct messages I see right away. Remember, I am very, very disorganized, but we got a special uh, birthday they shout out for Dennis LaFunk. So Dennis, I know you like Lifelike because uh, he's a cool artist and I got him to record you a little birthday greeting because I felt bad because I missed your birthday. So here is a special birthday announcement for Dennis LaFunk from Lifelike. Hello Dennis LaFunk, this is Lifelike. I wish you a happy birthday. Hope you're going well. Hope you're feeling well. It's the end of COVID restriction soon and I uh, hope you're going to have a big party with your friends and I uh, hope to see you soon. Bye-bye. Ciao. All right, there you go, Dennis. So happy birthday, buddy. Uh, I hope you are having a good one. And I am back here with the Beyond Synth family, Mike, Marco, and Florence, and we're going to do some 90s review. When you brought this upon us, this 90s music concept, because I know you're very into 80s stuff, and I am as well. We all are. We're, that's why we're all connected. But I'm very comfortable in this section of the thing because once we get to 1990 and like through 95, that's one of my super nerdy wheelhouses. And so like I love all this stuff from like 88 to like 93. I love all that music, all the sappy stuff, all the new jack stuff, all the hip hop. And Florence, Marco, what do you think about like 1990 as a music whole? <laughs> It is indeed a hole. Continue. <laughs> you're really, you're really coming into this with an open mind, though. <laughs> Sorry, Florence. Continue. No, I was two years old when all this music came out, so like I know some of it, but I don't really know a lot of it. And like, like I know all the artists, but I don't know the music too well. And you'll see, it's a lot of like ballads and love songs, and some of it's fine. <laughs> Marco? Yeah, there seems to be a lot of soppy love songs for the most part. Um, I think at the time I really liked a lot of that stuff, but I think, honestly, I don't think it's aged that well. I mean, looking back and and having to listen to it again, I don't know. Some of it's like, Jesus Christ, did that really make number one? Like, you know, anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, there's some there's some classics in there, though, nonetheless. There's some classics in there. So, like, you knew about it when when they were popular on the radio. Yeah, I mean, uh, be, being from Australia, some of them I actually haven't heard of. There's, like, three or four that like, I've literally never heard before. But for the most part, I have heard them, and, and, and they did pretty well in the charts in Australia, too. But, um... Yeah, it's just a lot of soppy stuff in there. Too bad we don't have any Yahoo serious in America. Yeah, what a shame, huh? Did we not? He, he came over, right? No. I'm joking because in the last episode you brought up Yahoo serious, which yeah. I keep saying Yahoo because you keep saying Yahoo. Mm. But you were like, you know, Yahoo serious. And I was like, who the fuck is Yahoo serious? 
You were like, you don't know who Yahoo Serious is. <laughs> I was like, no. I was like, I have no idea who the fuck that guy is. And I looked him up, and it looks like Drop Dead Fred from that Phoebe Case movie. <laughs> I'm surprised Andy even knows who he is. Yahoo Serious was sort of like a punchline. The joke being like, he's a shitty export from Australia that didn't take in North America. Like that's who he is. It's like when people talked about like famous Australians, it was like Crocodile Dundee, and then like you just go blank and go like Yahoo Serious, like because that's all there was like that was the only choice see you so, uh, i feel like you knew about him as a north american because as a canadian you're technically half british that's a very tenuous link i think i know about this because of conan o'brien really yeah i think he used to make yahoo serious jokes <laughs> well now we gotta go find that all right let's keep going let's move on all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna explain the process here so i have the list we're gonna listen to like just a sample of of a track just so the audience knows what the fuck we're talking about and essentially what i'm gonna ask from you guys and i'll say my piece as well is whether or not you don't like the song are indifferent to the song like the song or love the song okay and quite simply it's like i didn't want to make like eight categories of hate which i could have which is why this isn't like a number out of 10 it's just like a general vibe right it's pretty self-explanatory i did think that it was um big of you to include the category of indifferent because i don't think andy has that in him i think andy is like man that was fucking cool or god damn i fucking hate that thing so for you to even include that i was like oh well the reason why i did because A, I didn't want to do like 10 categories of hate or whatever, because that just seems counterproductive. <laughs> but also, it would su- maybe it's surprising to you then that I am mostly indifferent. Like, I'm not a super... Ex- like, when I talk about disliking a song, that list of songs I hate... It's like maybe 10 or 11. Like like a, for me to hate a song, it has to be like, when I hear it, I get physically angry. But if for everything else... When bad music comes on the radio, I'm just like, eh, whatever. Like, it's there. It does nothing for me. I don't love it. It just is there. But I don't, like, punch the radio. Like, if a song makes me punch the radio, that gets dislike. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. So that is a dislike. (laughs) (laughs) Closing time is a dislike. Yes. Um, but but surprisingly, a lot of this list uh, is I'm pretty just indifferent to. But anyway, we'll 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 get it fucking kicked off. So is your list um, chronological, like from yes January through December? Okay. Yeah. So the first track up is Michael Bolton. So now that everyone knows all of our general feelings and how we're going to go into this, maybe we should listen to some synthwave and then just dive right into the list. Yeah. Let's do a track and then we'll like dedicate like a a chunk of. Song. Yeah. All right, Marco. Tell me, uh, tell me a tale and play me a song. All right. Uh, Seismic has got an awesome new album out called Resurrection. Really good stuff. It's available at seismic.bandcamp.com. I picked a track to play off it, and it's called Anastasia. Anastasis. There you go. <laughs> Anastasis. <laughs> I just love like, the take it or leave it attitude. Of like, and it's yeah. there you go. And that's it. I'm done. <laughs> that, that's when you have to fucking knock the microphone over and walk out. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, I'm done. Goddamn 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, look, here's Seismic. Oh, and it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Of course, uh, awesome patrons in the $25 Club. John Masari, Johnny5, Kempson, Ken Giroux, and Mr. Magoo Samurai. Alright, now let's listen. This is Seismic with Anastasis.
And that was Seismic with Anastasis. Another Marco pick this week that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Did I mention Mr. Magoo Samurai already? Uh, then there's Neverman, Newmark, Restless Nights, and Techno Ben, all in the $25 club. You make uh, the world turn over here at Beyond Synth. And I'm here with the Beyond Synth family, uh, Mike, Florence, and Marco, and we are doing a 90s reflection. Mm, that's That was a pretty good title. <laughs> I was like, 90s what? Where's it going with this? <laughs> <laughs> I just made that up now. So, yeah. first on the list, this spend three weeks at number one in the year 1990. Now, mind you, was this also a song from 1989? I didn't check. I think it is. I was just about to say, most January hits that are still on the chart are because they came out before the year started. Yeah. This was 89. Yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm counting it as a 90 because it, it spent some weeks here. <laughs> I'm telling you, I spent, I spent a lot of my free time on Wikipedia nerding out about this shit. <laughs> I'm so happy we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about fucking Michael Bolton 
with his track, How Am I Supposed to Live Without You? Michael Bolton is very pretty in this video. <laughs> Look at him. So, here's my feeling. And now Marco sort of hit on this uh, earlier, that the, the 1990s chart is sort of filled with these kind of love song kind of things. And so, I'm just going to put my cards on the table here. Songs like this do nothing for me. Yeah, but the ladies love it, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> That's an indifferent or a don't like? I am indifferent to this song. Okay. It doesn't do anything for me, but I don't hate it. I don't like, I, I think Michael Bolton's voice is fine and like the melody is fine. It just, these types of songs, I have zero engagement from. I get no energy from them. I wouldn't willingly press play if it was sitting there, but if it's on, I'm just explaining what indifference means now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mike, I'm a love. I love this song. Um, it was a huge hit. He's got such a silky smooth voice. He's got the voice of a beautiful black man. <laughs> he sounds like Peebo Bryson on the fucking Beauty and the Beast soundtrack. It's so good. Like Michael Bolton's voice. I can tell why he became so popular. I feel like that era had a lot to do with cultural shifting and a lot of black and brown music did start to take the limelight. And that's why the list is so filled with like rap and New Jack Swing. And I feel like Michael Bolton's voice fills in the gap between white people trying to be black, which we'll talk about later on the list, and just really good black people that. music. It's just I don't know, it's just really deep, you know. I'm so I'm so distracted with all these windows that I'm happy that Mike is sort of like taking charge of this bit because I'm like <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm looking at so many things right now, I'm like so confused. Uh Florence, how do you feel about Michael Bolton. Well, okay, kind of like you, these kind of love song ballads, not a lot of them like do a lot for me, um, but I like Michael Bolton, so I'll go with like. All right. How about you, Marco? Uh, this song was pretty popular in Australia as well. I used to hear it on the radio all the time. Uh, thankfully, growing up, my family never owned a Michael Bolton album, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. But uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 I really... Look, he's got a great voice and all, but I, I just can't stand this stuff. Yeah, you know what? Maybe I should clarify my position on like the whole thing of music. <laughs> I go. The Earth was I, created I, I in seven a, days. I have, str- I have a strong hatred for that thing of people choosing a silly song because it's silly. Like someone saying, "Oh, you listen to Enya?" I'll be like, "Yeah, listen to Enya." Are you fucking kidding me? And he's the best. Well, Enya is awesome, but anyway, go on. Enya is the best. <laughs> it's just that thing of like the sappy music, like the new age stuff. That kind of music gets a bad rap in terms of comedy reasons. It's like when you say, "Oh, I had tacos for dinner last night, and I had something else for breakfast this morning." Diarrhea. <laughs> you know that stupid fucking line of thinking. I don't like it because <laughs> is, is the joke that people eat the diarrhea the next day it? <laughs> for breakfast? Yeah, that, that's what it is. <laughs> that's a, uh, a new take on a classic. I was on Reddit and someone said something about the Enya thing and they said it in that con- that jokey context like oh and I was like okay hold on I'm going to come out of the woodwork and I don't really comment on Reddit all too much but I was like okay let's talk about this. Enya is the number one female selling artist in the new age and like esoteric world music category and also the number two Irish selling act of all time behind U2. You wouldn't say, you listen to dumb U2, stupid idiot. The same way you say like you listen to Enya. (laughs) (laughs) That's what this whole show is. We're trying to figure you out. (laughs) I I should also specify too that 
I love synth. And Enya is full on like synth music. She's got great yeah. melodies. Her voice is cool. And like there's a lot mm-hmm. of synths that play. That Roland D50 keyboard, baby. <laughs> so, Marco, where, where do you settle this on Michael Bolton? Uh, pretty low down. It's a thumbs down. <laughs> so you, you're full on don't like? <laughs> That's a dislike. Yeah, don't like. I can't stand it. I'm sorry. It's terrible. I like how. Here, I put the. Um, like all across the board. Next on the list, this song also spent three weeks at number one. It's Paula Abdul and the Wild Pair with Opposites Attract. Yes. Which is the fucking MC Scat Cat song. Yeah, that's a good one, Andy. But when we get together, it just all works out. This is something that happens a bunch with a bunch of tracks on this list. They all have cat music video characters. <laughs> <laughs> they all have kind of weird, indistinguishable choruses. I like a nice, strong chorus that really separates itself from the main song. Where it's kind of like, dun 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 boom like that kind of yes. thing yeah and a lot of these these 90s ones like for instance this song i was going back and listening to it and i'm like what part is the chorus it's so funny you fucking said that because i listened to this earlier and i was like i wonder where andy is going to draw the line on where he thinks the <laughs> chorus starts I, I had the same thought i literally had this thought about like you know because the chorus isn't like necessarily that distinguished from the other parts of the song. Yeah, and so the audience knows just a little thing about me. Like, I need a strong chorus to lock into. When songs don't have a distinct chorus, the whole thing just feels like less of a story, you know? Like, you know how songs have these sort of ups and downs and build-ups and drops, and when there's none of that, I'm just sort of less engaged? Now, that being said, though, this, this what I'm going to play you right now, this was my favorite part of the song. I love that. <laughs> My favorite line of this one was like, he likes the movies and I like TV. And I was like, <laughs> are there people out there who like one or the other and not both of them at the same time? <laughs> you know, like, I like TV, but I hate movies. <laughs> so the point of this song is that these two are in a relationship. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> her and the cat? Yeah. Yes, her and the cat. Like, in the 90s, I feel like there was more of a difference between the content on TV and the content of movies. That's true. The, actually, uh, that's a good point to bring up because nowadays we're so used to Hollywood actors becoming a big-name TV star in the show that they're starring or the TV person doing a huge major cameo in a film. And before, it was like, you're either Hollywood A-list or you're like just beneath that and all you can do is TV. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me personally, like this song doesn't do much for me. Like I recognize that it's a fun song. If there was a category between indifferent and like, I would put it there because this one's right on the line for me. But I get it. Like it's fun and quirky. (laughs) Quirky fun song. That's what you think about Paula Abdul's number one hit is a quirky fun song. Where she's dancing with the cartoon cat. Yes. (laughs) Where she's having a love affair with a cartoon cat. Yes. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever been to a dance club where loud 80s or 90s music was playing and you actually stood there and danced and sweated all night long? I'm not a dancer. I was going to say, have you... This is part of the thing, I thought you were going to say, have you ever been to a dance club and there was a cartoon cat? (laughs) 
<laughs> and then we had a cigarette and watched some movies and fucked. No, see, that's part of the thing about this kind of music, dancey, new jack kind of music. The personal connections are like, where did you hear this? Was it just on MTV? Was it just on the radio? Did you go out to the clubs and hear a song like this? Did you see Michael Bolton at a concert? I feel like that's also really applicable to like who else is listening. Not necessarily that we have to alter our list. I'm just saying that like for you who has like no connection to the Paula Abdul thing, it's a fun, quirky thing for you, indifferent, that's fine for me. I have specific memories of going to Culture Club in New York City and dancing my ass off, and I love the Paula Abdul and all those kinds of tracks. So, for me, it's a love. I love it how defensive you are of these 90s songs, Mike. <laughs> I told you, man. I fucking, this is my wheelhouse. I get excited about this stuff. I have these CDs in my car. It's like when the track comes on, I'm like, ooh, yeah. It's like one of those instant, like, visceral memory feelings. I get what you're saying. Like, I'm trying to approach my rankings by separating myself from my history with the music. But obviously, I recognize that that can be impossible. Like, when we get to songs that I love, I imagine I'll have the same kind of defensiveness. But, like, in the meantime time this song doesn't do much for me but you know it like it's got a cartoon cat video so <laughs> yeah that sort of thing was kind of popular in the, the around that era i think with the uh you know having real people and you have like cartoon characters that seems to be a real popular thing around that time i thought like the video is fine like it's fun yeah i i think no i really like i like i really like the song at the time and i still do i think it aged pretty well maybe not the video so much but i think the song itself aged pretty well <laughs> i think it's a fun song um it's it's catchy and i hear what you're saying about the chorus thing i, I think a lot of the songs um, on this list are like that where you don't some of the songs i was listening to earlier i'm like where the fuck's the chorus like i was thinking the same thing I was like, anyway, um, but no, it's a it's a big thumbs up from me, Andy. So is this a love from Marco? <laughs> yeah, I would say love. Yeah, for sure. Yep. I'm with you on this one, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Florence. I'm going to go with like All right. because... Because the beat's cool, but you don't really like know it. Yeah, yeah. And like, I'm, I I was not really familiar with the song. I'm just going to answer for Florence <laughs> from now on. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Mike. I'm just useless. I wouldn't like put it on consciously, but if I hear it like in the background, it's great. It's fun. And yeah, like I think like in a club, it would be fun to dance to for sure. So... I'll go with like. And for everyone else out there, get that CD because it's a jamming CD. Like all those, all, if you like that kind of beat, the new Jack beat, that Paula Abdul CD is like one of the quintessential ones. But uh, but I also I also can uh, relate on that chorus thing because yeah, I like a I like a strong chorus, and it's like it loses it loses my attention if I can't find it immediately. So I'm with you on that. All right. So we got two loves alike and I'm on the fence of indifferent and like uh, we need a new ranking category just as uh, much as we need to listen to some awesome music. <laughs> so here's a track from Agiton, uh, A-J-A-T-O-N, Agiton. I think that's how you say that. Uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Forged in Neon. She just started a podcast. Go check it out uh, with the 2049. In the $20 club, there's Chatterack and Joshua. A winter, and this is Agiton with the track Runner.
All right, and that was Agiton with the track Runner. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. With the 1986, it's Squirt's Fizzle Bottom. Then there's Rachel Buchelman and Sarah Buchelman with the 1985. Gene Creamer Private Eye with the 1515. And in the $15 Club, we got Hampus ML and Chatterack. And I'm back ranking 1990 Billboard hits with the Beyond Synth family, Mike, Marco, and Florence. Uh, we're saying whether we like love, dislike, or are indifferent, and spoiler alert, I think I'm going to be indifferent to a lot of these. (laughs) As long as you can explain yourself. (laughs) Why didn't you care about this? (laughs) You know, there's so much stuff that just does nothing for me, and the stuff that I do like, and this is why Synthwave was so exciting to me when I discovered it, because I was like, oh, this music does stuff for me. I like synths, I like cool choruses, I like melody, I like 80s-sounding electronic beats, I like fat bass lines. I love synth bass lines, especially. And that's something that as we get sort of further into the 90s, too, like I do not. I'll tell you this. I don't like the sound that a bass guitar makes. So any song that has a bass like I hate. I don't like okay, it. I'm gonna hang up now. I it, like I, I but I love synth bass, which is why I love 80s music because there's so much fucking fat. Synth what about bass guys line. who are playing synth bass? On their guitar, the sound. I don't care the method. It's the sound. That's all. Okay. No. No. That's what I'm saying. So the Yamaha, uh, the keyboard had. Well, if the sound e-ba- is no, to listen, replicate on, the listen, sound listen, I don't listen, like, the, then no. The Yamaha E-Bass Zero One is the is the bass line from uh, Danger Zone, Top Gun. Very synthy. What do you think about that? I, I like Danger Zone as a song, so I'm going to assume well, I do What do you think like about it. the... Because, like, the bass line is part mm-hmm. of what makes that song. It's like, once that song comes on and you're like, bum, 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 you're like, yeah! Maybe it's also a tempo thing. This will make more sense once we get to Black Velvet. Um, okay. <laughs> so what's the next one? <laughs> so the next one is Janet Jackson. <laughs> yes. With Escapade, <laughs> which sounds like this. This is one I was confused about, too, because that's not the chorus. That's the pre-chorus, right? This is the chorus. This is the chorus, right? Yeah, that's the chorus. Yeah, I I think there was a distinguishable bridge there into the chorus. I like the bridge better than the chorus. Yeah. (laughs) Well, at least, yeah, because the chorus doesn't have like a a particularly chorusy melody. It no. sounds like it just could be like a verse melody, but that's that's right. That's what it's doing, right? The verses, the verse and the chorus kind of sound the same, yeah. Because after mm-hmm. the bridge, the bridge is a part that sounds different, which sounds cool. You know, like oh wow, cool, and then it just goes back to like the the same sound as the verse. It's just slightly yeah. different singing. That's all. That's right? interesting. Yeah, that all these songs come up like this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So this one for me, it's it's another one that's just on the border of like and indifferent. You know, like I recognize that it's a fun song, but it's not one of my go to. Tracks or anything, you know. Well, like I don't know. Like, how do you feel about the difference between the categories? Like, what what does the love category mean to you? I have a lot of love, Andy. Yeah, <laughs> I would think love. I think love kind of is like if you heard the song and you either started smiling or dancing or or without hearing the song, the song gets into your head and you're looping it in your mind without it playing. You know what I mean? 
and you're just like, man, I just had that Janet Jackson song stuck in my head all day. It's so good. That's different from just hitting play one time. This is why I fall into indifferent for a lot of these. I, I think this song is fine. Like, it's a fun song. It's got a good beat and stuff. But I would say I'm indifferent because I also don't care about this song. <laughs> right? Like, I don't, I just yeah. don't care about it. I don't own it. Yeah. I don't have it on my, in any of my playlists. But if it was on, I, I wouldn't be mad at anyone, like, for pressing play. It just, it doesn't do anything for me. So, sort of the indifferent category is a big, wide category for me. It's funny because I'm thinking of the like category as the wide, wider category, which I guess indifferent is like yes that's the that's the definition of it yeah this to me this song is like on the border of like and indifferent for me that's where this sits because i like this song i wouldn't like turn it off the word indifferent kind of also means like take it or leave it yeah yeah i agree i'm still thinking about adding a new category though because i just i feel like i need it but uh anyway uh mike how do you feel about uh janet jackson i'm a love that's it Okay. <laughs> I don't want to waste too much time. I love Janet Jackson. I love the beats. Uh, I love how some of the new Jack beats include a synthy bass. It's like a underneath it. So when you put the beat on, the the drums go like, but right underneath there, you can hear like, like something like that. I'm See, telling you, listen to it. This. Like, it's, I yeah. love what you just did. <laughs> <laughs> Florence, where do you fall on this one? Uh, I, I'll just go with like still. Okay. I, because like, I like the song. I wouldn't like turn it off. I think it's fun. I'm just indifferent to a lot of things. So I get really fed up by edgy internet review people who act over excited about everything just for the sake of entertainment. The Jimmy Fallon's of the world? Well, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, when people, like, when Justice League comes out and someone's got to put a review on YouTube, like, this movie is terrible! You know what I mean? Like, I I am indifferent, so just to understand what's in my heart here, I am indifferent to most things. So, a lot of things just kind of float by me. That's the kind of stuff that annoys me in life. Like, people who, like, conjure energy when they do a review to sort of be like everything's either black and white and love it or hate it and for me I am mostly indifferent to things and that's why I'm very passionate about the things I love because I'm mostly indifferent which also means that I also don't hate a lot of things I know it seems like maybe I do but I actually don't I'm mostly indifferent okay I, I agree with Florence about maybe the like category is a bit wider in my head and indifferent is like meh yeah yeah. yeah, and and like falls like way in between meh and oh my god. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's where my mind is. Yeah, because yeah, I like I I would say like I'm indifferent to a lot of things as well because I have very few loves and I'm very passionate about. Oh, that's super that edgy of to. you. Yeah, <laughs> Marco. No, I I, I I this definitely a love for me. I think it's a great song. It's probably my favorite song of hers. It's it's aged pretty well. It's just a really good song. And I know she's borrowing, not borrowing, but I know she's using like some new Jack sounds in there and whatever. But it's really her own style, I, I think. Whereas some of her later stuff, I think, just sounds unfortunately sounds just like Michael Jackson. Whereas this is she's doing her own thing. Are you referencing when, um, when that music video from like '98, Scream? Yeah, a lot of the stuff later on. I'm what? like, yeah, because that yeah. video is definitely like. It's definitely a Michael Jackson song. I get what you're saying about that. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this is just her, and I think her personality comes out in it. So I, I, it's definitely a, a, a love for me. Yeah, it's really good stuff. 
All right, cool. Well, how about we listen to a song and then we keep going? How are we doing uh, so far? Three down, 22 to go. <laughs> well, this phase, I don't think we're going to make it through the whole list, but we will uh, We'll see how far we get after we listen to this uh, track by Palmy Chiller, which is uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Mads, Baron Christensen, and Skywolf with the 1313. Then there's Retro Serenade with the 12, and we will never forget the immortal Chris Celia Lane and uh, now let's listen to this this is Palmy Chiller with Sincerely Yours
right, and that was Palmy Chiller with Sincerely Yours. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. We got Fraser Davidson, Albion Algorithm, Andrew Bennon, Barry007, Blonde John, Energon Cubes, Ivan, Jacob Pringle, Knight of Ducks, Lucas Smith, and Luke Jackson who is technically in the 10-pound club, which would be more like the $13 U.S. club. Anyway, whatever, you're a cool guy. And I'm back with the Beyond Synth family. I'm here with Marco, Mike, and Florence, and we are going over the hits of the 90s, which we're going to get to one-third of this list <laughs> this episode. <laughs> which uh, is fun. By the way, hits of the 90s is just... 1990. Yes, right. We are literally <laughs> doing the year 1990. Uh, I'm here with the Beyonce family, of course, Marco, Florence, and Mike. So how about this? Because last time we we did a family show, we were going to play uh, Password, and then we didn't get around to it. So let's do one more segment of songs, and then we'll just go to Password regardless of how far we get. And I think we got a lot of our feelings out about how we are approaching the list. <laughs> And so we can, I feel like let's just get through more songs. <laughs> yeah, we can do this I, quickly. Yeah, we can do this. All right. So the next track in the list was on the uh, charts for two weeks. This is Atlanta Miles with Black Velvet. And I will go out and say I don't like this song. That's a don't like from me. That's a she's, don't like oh, yeah, from well, me. That's great. Great support. She's Canadian. Nice one, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and Marco is technically Canadian. He, he's feeling defensive about Canada because he lives like an hour away from it. Yeah, I'm right near the border. Come on. <laughs> Andy. This particular song, this is the kind of 90s stuff, the sort of like rock stuff that does nothing for me. Like nothing at all. I don't like the bass. I don't like the lack of synthesizers. But I'm, I also agree, this is just not for me. Yeah. That's where I feel about this track. And it's on all the time. So that's a strong hate from you then? So this is a, this is a, this is a don't like for me. Oh, cool. Okay. How about you, Mike? I'm in love. I love this song. I put this on my, uh, I put it in my car all the time and I drive on the highway. I love this song. I love her bluesy style. I love how she's just a, a a badass bitch who's taking no names or taking names and taking no shit. She's taking something somewhere. There's a lot of like fucking energy in this song. And like when she's singing it, you're like, yeah, no black man, meow. I'm a love. Florence. I don't like terribly mind the song and the melody, but I really dislike the bass line. It's really distracting to me. Yeah, the don do don do don. This is yeah. this is an example by the way of a bass sound I a bass sound a bass sound I don't like. I I just it's don't like that like bass sound. Country-ish. Yeah. For me like it doesn't even fit with the song that well. So there are like elements of the song I do like, so I don't hate it. So I'll just say that I'm indifferent to this one. I think I'm learning about myself that I love bass lines. I love bass Lines and I love the one you from love, you love good bass lines. You love I think bad I just love bass, bass lines. lines because bass lines like the song. Bass lines. <laughs> bass lines like the drums. 
like really propel a song forward, and especially the end of a bass line. If the end of a bass line has a great melody to it, I'll listen to the next section blind. <laughs> you know, I'm only listening to music in sections. <laughs> well, we are today. Well, the bass it's like don't don't don't. Like, it's a really cool, like, transition from section to section. I like that bass. I think I just don't jibe with this particular tempo. It doesn't move with my natural rhythms. By tempo, do you mean the rhythm of the song? I mean the rhythm of the bass line. The don't, 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 don't. I don't, I don't like don't, 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 don't. Bass annoys me. Yeah, this is the thing for the music I love is music that inspires me creatively where I can sort of visualize where this would go in a movie or a TV show or a music video. And music that does nothing for me is sort of music where I listen to it and I go, what the fuck is this? Oh, it's definitely, uh, I, I picture like Thelma and Louise in a fake scene that I'm inventing right now where like they're at a bar, they get into a scuffle, and Thelma or Louise knees the guy in the balls. And everyone's like, oh, and the guy's like on the floor like, oh, and they get into the car and as they're driving, <laughs> smoking cigarettes into the night, it's going you're not wrong i'm like maybe because i'm a man i think based on my own interests and life perspective like i just have no interest in telling those types of stories yeah and so when i hear a song like this i have nothing to contribute to the genre of angry women get revenge on society stuff so like <laughs> check your privilege man no i'm i am that's what i'm doing like <laughs> i'm literally doing it check it you had a uh, you had two parents, right? Yeah, <laughs> I grew up with a. Uh, my father was around, but I grew up in a household of a single mom slash teacher working her oh, way. Oh, I thought up you just meant are my parents alive? No, they're they're fucking divorced. No, I meant like maybe I'm talking about like our experiences and uh, what we come across and like so like all the female empowerment songs. That's the stuff that my mom had all the CDs of, and she loved that stuff. And I'm I'm super into all that stuff because of her like single womanness. Yeah, and you and I have a few years age difference, and my parents are both old, so like they were listening to lots of stuff from like the 60s and the 70s, like folk music, Leonard Cohen, Bob Dylan. So like those are the things that aren't synth related that I do really enjoy, you know, uh, Cat Stevens stuff like that. Yeah. But the funny thing is my dad listens to a lot of this crap. So like the <laughs> Fucking oh, like crap. Lilith Fair and that kind of shit. <laughs> Lilith Fair and that kind of shit. <laughs> so like this was always on. And I remember there was this tape in our kitchen, which I think was one of my brother's like high school girlfriends mixtapes, which was this tape of all depressing female singer songwriter music, like songs about suicide and assault and stuff. And I remember there was this Tracy Chapman song which she does like acapella about overhearing like domestic abuse in the next apartment and I mean like she's a good artist but you know it's so depressing yeah yeah and there was this year where my dad just played that tape all the time when we would eat dinner and I was always wondering why I was like always depressed around supper time and <laughs> that and my dad was a horrible cook so well that's because you guys are having dinner while listening to music that's depressing as shit <laughs> listen the American way <laughs> Is you gotta have some kind of sitcom on. You gotta have your Ed Sullivan or Johnny Carson or something like that, and you have your dinner, and no one looks at each other in the eye. <laughs> well, we didn't have cable like you and your fucking rich single mom, so uh, we were out here fucking uh, just watching Fuzz and listening to old time radio. Uh, Marco, how do you oh, feel about shit. Black Velvet by Alana Miles? Ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> It's, just, uh, it's a love for me, yeah. I love this song. I loved it at the time, and, and, I, and I still think it's really good. Not to repeat myself, but I, I really like it because it stands out to me as amongst all the other songs really on there because I think it's it's quite different 
to the rest of the stuff. And, and I think she was doing her own thing, you know, like she really had her own sound. And that whole album was pretty good. But yeah, that's my opinion anyway. I really like, and I like the baseline for the record too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to realize that no consensus will be reached as a show. Wait, hold on. Are you trying to reach a consensus about something? I thought we were just kind of marking what we feel. No, we are. And then I was okay. hoping at the end that I'd be able to go. And we here at Beyond Synth Family Show officially certify like 1990 is fresh. But uh, I don't think that's going but, to happen. <laughs> but we spent nine minutes talking about Black Velvet and uh, we can't get to the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, as a show right now, it's entertaining as hell. I would love a show like this. Mike and Marco loved the last three songs, which is like, which is consensus, I suppose. That there's two of you in the same category. I love you, Marco. We should average these yeah. answers. Oh, Christ. <laughs> this is going to become... Give me the Excel spreadsheet. I'll do it for you. Yeah, you're a data analyst, right? <laughs> yeah, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's another song down. So let's uh, listen to some synthwave goodness, and we'll rate the next song in the 90s list. So here is a cool track from Zenith Volt. It's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the 10 dollar club we got matthew lister monkey magics mystic dink poly digital pud nuts rama branch rama skunk raider slade thomas berg tristan waits watch clark willow and your friend estevez or your friend estevez however you fall on that pronunciation and uh this song is cool you're gonna dig it this is zenith volt with hold on
right, and that was Hold On by Zenith Volt. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Uh, we got in the $9 club, Caffeinated Pixels. With the triple eight, we got Dub Evans. We got Stu, triple the M, technically the $10 club, but the £8.50 club. This all gets very confusing. Then there's IP68 with the 808, Gary Heather with the 8, which is technically the $10 club because that's 8 pounds, and Binkley with the 786. All right, this is all very complicated. So I'm back here with the Beyond family. We are uh, talking about hits of the 90s. And the next track spent a week at uh, number one. This was Taylor Dane's Love Will Lead You Back. Look at those big pouty lips. Jesus. She's not even singing in the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) She's like singing down to her feet. (laughs) Indifferent. Her other song is so famous that um, I don't like this one. The uh, Tell It To My Heart. Oh yeah, Tell It To My Heart is awesome. I I like, that's a love for me. And I also think that that song is so huge that it overshadows everything else she's done. I can totally understand why this was a one week wonder. So where do you stand, Mike? I'm 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 a don't like. Okay. Oh wow! Okay, I'm indifferent huh. about this one. I mean, I you know, if if we want to reach a consensus, I can say that I don't like it either. <laughs> but, like, there's nothing offensive about it to me. I think for me, saying don't like is I don't want to spend four minutes listening to this again. Exactly. Well, and that's why I'm a don't. Like. Yeah, like there's nothing offensive about it to me, but I probably would just skip it. It's funny it. because like my wife has like a 90s Spotify playlist that she plays whenever she's like doing chores and literally like Black Velvet shows up like every two songs and like it's like it's one of those songs <laughs> where like I've probably heard it in my life like a thousand times. And I don't understand ju- why you don't like it then. That's the thing to me. Like I feel like after repetition, repetition, shouldn't you know something more and come to appreciate it again? I've, no. I've always, I've always resented. Yeah, man up, Andy, man up. Uh, no, I've always resented <laughs> liking things through repetition. That like the trick of radio. Why so many people like bad songs is just because like they play it like every hour. That's why I hate a lot of songs because I hear oh it every. Oh my god, fucking that's so funny that you day. say that the trick of radio. It's for a trick. Me, that's the that's the joy of radio. That's a trick. It's a fucking I, trick. I love I love listening to my favorite songs over and over again. And when it comes on, I'm like, yeah. Yes. If I like them. Yeah. No, exactly. I will. I'll have a song on repeat if I really like it. But like on the radio, half the time, I don't really like the songs that they're playing. So. (laughs) And you learn to sort of, again, this is why I'm indifferent to most things is because that's the trick of radio is I've heard semi-sonic fucking closing time so I many times. I just don't times. like that you're calling it the trick of radio. It, no, it's fucking right. It's a trick. Dude, it's a it's trick. It's not a trick. That's just exposure. What's it? No. What, aren't there radio guys who are like... <laughs> there are fucking companies that are, for sure. We're gonna trick these kids. Yes. No, they come up with a single kids. for fun, stu- stupid band. They pay the radio stations off to play the song so much, and people think they like it because they've heard it so many times. That's a I don't fact. agree with what you're yeah. saying because you're assuming that people are too stupid to understand their own tastes and likes. I'm actually going to stand by this 100%. Oh, shit. You're going to lose so many patronizers. 
No way, man. That's why people come to this show. You know, I don't loop or repeat tracks. Every week I find new songs and they're fucking cool songs. And I tell you nowadays, like I listen to tracks and I know within like two seconds whether I like them or not. You know, that the synthwave scene is where I found music that just connects with me instantly without the need for like repetition. You know, like I only have to listen to a song a few seconds before I know. That sounds narrow-minded, Andy, a little bit. I mean, shouldn't you be open to, to new ideas? No, I, I think in this case, Andy is... He is making a point for repetition increases hate. Yeah, but why? Why no. no? Like you're saying, when you hear something for the first time, the first two seconds or something, you get a good feeling what you think you like about it. Yeah. If you don't like a thing, and then it does come up 45 times within yes. the next 24 hours. Then I become indifferent. <laughs> That's an indifferent? <laughs> yes. Because I no longer want to punch a wall. Like, when I hear Hero by fucking Enrique or whatever, I don't hate it. Oh, you're so French, Enrique. I don't hate it. <laughs> Right. But also the only reason why I don't hate it is because it's been drilled into my brain because I heard it so many times that I no longer have a visceral response. It's like how we become desensitized to violence on TV from seeing so much of it. That's because you didn't open your heart up to Enrique. You didn't let him take your breath away. Uh, Marco, or uh, sorry, uh, who didn't say what they wanted for Taylor Dane? Marco. I think I'm uh, going to be the only one who's got a love for this song. I'm sorry. Really? But, uh, that chorus is, yeah, that chorus is really good. Uh, it's really nostalgic to me. I really liked it at the time, and, and I still do. I can understand why people wouldn't like it, um, why you guys don't particularly like it. So I get it. It's just, I don't know. That chorus is really good. I really like that chorus. Real fucking catchy, I think. Yeah, but I got a question for you, Andy. Actually, I got, yeah. got a question because you, like, what you're saying, like, a lot of songs, and I'm the same. You know, like, you'll hear it within like 10, thir- 10 seconds or thirty seconds at least. You kind of know whether you're going to like it or not, mm. or whether it has a chance. But you ever hear a song that you don't like, or or you think it's ah, it's pretty shit or pretty average, and then you'll hear it like ten times on the radio, and then suddenly you'll just click. You'll go like. Oh my god, this is really fucking good. You know, does that ever happen to you? That happy song by Pharrell, I hated that song instantly, but I I came to love that song for the rest of that summer. For me, since I listen to so much music now, synthwave especially, like I've just got this giant playlist and people submitting songs that I don't have the time to listen to someone's song ten times to see if it grows on me. You know, like I used to have that time before, like before I hosted this show, before I discovered synthwave, you know, like I loved Radiohead and if if they came out with an album I didn't love or Depeche Mode or something, I would still listen to the album like many, many times and I would eventually come to appreciate it more, you know, especially when Radiohead went in that sort of experimental direction. Did you like that movie Radio with uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. where he played the mentally disabled football <laughs> guy? No, and I think we should cancel him for it. <laughs> oh my God. There are some songs that start where I don't love what's going on, but then it builds to to an awesome chorus and then I will think of that as a song I like like especially in synthwave like sometimes a song doesn't start strong but the chorus is awesome and that to me is I like that song then as long as it's got a strong part what if I come out with a song that's like just choruses (laughs) (laughs) it's like like (laughs) no already I like what you just did so like (laughs) did you like me go yeah I like seeing your face do it too Uh, hey Marco 
<laughs> yes. Uh, play me a song. <laughs> All right. Luke Cash has got an awesome new album that just came out. Uh, I think it's been doing pretty pretty well on uh, Bandcamp and other streaming services, and rightly so. This is really good stuff. Um, I've only just discovered this artist myself just recently, but um, he's got a new album called We Are Stardust. It's available at newretrowave.bandcamp.com, and the track that I've decided to play is Code Veronica.
Wade, and that was Code Veronica by Lou Cash. Another Marco pick today, and that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. With the triple seven, it's Zach. With the seven, it's Trevor Marples. And you know what? We'll do the donation of the beast uh, after the next break. And I'm back with uh, the Beyond Synth family, Mike, Marco, and Florence. And we are uh, talking about, today, we're talking about the uh, Billboard hits from the 90s and talking about uh, the ones we like and are indifferent to and love and don't like, etc. And uh, I'm coming across as the grump here. Marco, surprisingly, uh, coming across pretty positive. Yeah, well, don't don't hang on to that for too long. Florence is surprisingly (laughs) in the middle. So, uh, the next track, this was uh, on the charts for one week. This was one I'm not super familiar with. It's uh, Tommy Page, and the song title is I'll Be Your Everything. And this is one I didn't really know. I'm going to press play on it now just to remind myself what the fuck it is. This is so bad. Now, this dude's a dork. I've never actually heard this one before. So bad. I'm over it. I'm over it. How the fuck did this get to number one? People need to watch the Honestly, video. The moment, the, fuck? the moment where he says so long, it's like, the, it's terrible. All right, let me just skip ahead. What is the fucking chorus of this piece of shit? So bad. Yeah, this is bad. I feel like that's an example of payola. Because I feel like some songs are just so good and so catchy and like they catch fire and they become just, you know, viral on their own. And some songs don't have that. But for a song like this to be number one on the charts, there's definitely money involved. I don't like it. (laughs) I'm a don't like as well. Like the song is so fucking simple. There's like barely any songwriting like ability. Whoever wrote the song in it, and he's like not even on key mm-hmm. half the time. <laughs> no, he's not. It's so bad. There, I mean, like most of the time he is, but there's like some notes that I'm like, oh, he didn't make it. Oh no, and it just bothers me so fucking much. Yeah. It's so, weird. um, yeah, I'm not a fan of this one. What's Marco's vote for this fucking Tommy Page crap? <laughs> Alright, this uh this is a strong dislike from me. This okay. is fucking awful. Okay. <laughs> and I've never heard of this before. This is the first time I've ever heard it. And uh I, I just can't believe this got to you know the other other songs you don't like and you go, Well uh, yeah, okay, I can see how other people like it. No, this is fucking awful. It's really bad. I should also specify to the people, if you're just listening to the show, if you watch the video, it's clear within five seconds. Like, I think the video makes this song worse. Like, once you just see who's involved, it's just sort of like, oh, no. Like, all right, let's move ahead. Uh, Sinead O'Connor, Nothing Compares to You. I will say I like this song. Oh, my God. Oh, Andy. <laughs> what the fuck gotten into you, mate? <laughs> Jesus. I'm also a like. I'm not a love. I'm not nostalgic for it. I'm not indifferent to it because I know that this is the year that she goes and rips, rips the Bible. Up the Pope's picture on SNL. 
Oh yeah, this is the Pope's picture. Yeah, or was it the Bible? Yeah. So what did she yeah, do? Th- no, no. She. Oh, the first time she went on stage, I think she ripped the Pope's picture. And then the second time for the second song, she ripped off her clothes and showed her stuff all over TV. That's gross. Did she? <laughs> her stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. She didn't do that. But the, I think the second for the second song, she also did something else too, like George Bush hates black people, and then like that, you know, <laughs> she said something like that. <laughs> George Bush Senior. <laughs> yeah, because there's been two Bushes. That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> fucking yeah, no. And then she was. She's one of the famously banned from SNL people but I don't I don't dislike it and I don't think I'm indifferent to it because if I listen to the song in my head sometimes I will get caught up in a loop and I'll be like <laughs> yeah I agree with you for me it's not a strong like yeah. but it's a like again it's not a song that's in my playlist or anything but there's some nostalgia attached to it I'm a like uh, how, how about you Marco I think uh, it's a like for me I think it's one of those old time classics like you know, it's almost kind of timeless. It's just one of those songs that uh, it, it was played a lot in Australia, and there was a point in time where I, I I disliked it just because I heard it so much on the freaking radio and and everywhere, and um, it was so popular. But I think as time's gone on, you know, I kind of appreciate it again. But it, it's a really good song for sure. Yeah, Florence. I don't like the song. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Are you Jeez. jealous? Because she's another female singer like you are. You jealous of her hair? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the song just the song doesn't do anything for me, and it just the melody like I don't like it. It just doesn't. I don't know. It, it kind of like bothers me. Some. It's it just. I don't know. See, I'm not. I was I'm gonna mention. Fan. I love it. I like the the verse melody. The. Uh, like that whole thing like that i maybe i like the verse more than i like the chorus of that (laughs) i just like it when you sing the songs (laughs) all right look uh the next track spent three weeks at number one uh this is madonna with vogue And I will say, I like this song. I'm a love. Yeah, me too. I'm a love as well. I like this song. It's not my favorite Madonna song, but it's good. Madonna made this book called Sex. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for Marco to tell us what he thinks. How could I goddamn forget that shit? (laughs) I didn't want to see it, but I saw it anyway. My father ordered the Immaculate uh, Collection CD in the 90s when <laughs> oh, Columbia Records did their, like, 12 CDs for a day. So I was uh, very exposed to all the Madonna hits. I'm, I'm pretty much a love on all Madonna. I, I think one of my favorite albums of all time is Madonna Ray of Light. It's produced by William Orbit. Ugh, people give that song Ray of Light so much shit because it came on the radio too much. But the rest of the album, with headphones on, is just a sonic fucking masterpiece. Well, I do like Frozen a lot. Yeah. That one's <laughs> really good. I, I remixed that one back yeah. in the day with her vocals and stuff. Like, I just, I love everything about that album and uh, all of her pop hits. And I guess post-Ray of Light, I do not care. You're gonna die another day. Wait, when was that one? <laughs> <laughs> Sigmund Freud. Analyze this, 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 this. <laughs> Analyze this, this, this. 
only because I love James Bond. So like that's why I tolerate that song is because it's even though it is like I think considered the worst James Bond song. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I'll agree with that. That song is annoying as hell because of all the auto-tune, like the Sherry auto-tune. Anyway, Vogue, I'm a love. Yeah, I think uh yeah, we'll we'll, we'll we can talk more about her. She pops up in lists later on. Uh okay, we'll do one more song and then we'll uh, listen to a song. So next on the list is Wilson Phillips. This was on the uh, hits for this was a hit for one week. I'm using the wrong words. Uh, <laughs> Wilson Phillips with "Hold On." This is one of those ones where I, I, I might like this one. I'm a don't like, I don't think women should be in yeah. music. Um. <laughs> this one has an 80s kind of vibe to it, like a later 80s vibe. Yeah, see, that's the thing of, I always say that like the first four years of a new decade is technically still the height of the last one. Mm. Like the 80s never became the 80s until around 83 or 84. Yeah, yeah because I agree a with lot that. of the music that came on the radio had a lot of disco influences from the late 70s and stuff. I'll say, okay, I'm just I'll say like oh this is another one of those ones that sort of teeters on indifferent and like but I since I'm more like I will say like. I'm, I'm indifferent on this because um I think it's used in comedy contexts all too often. Yes. Oh there's a there's um, so many songs that yeah, like okay. like that that annoy me yeah, but there are a lot of movie scenes that like um have characters lip syncing this song uh, i'm thinking of Kristen wig doing this in in a movie or two maybe it was in bridesmaids yeah they they pulled that trick there's a trick of a lot of comedies in the 2000s where one of the characters will talk about their favorite band and then at the end of the film that band does a cameo yeah and there's like a ton of movies that do that trope where it's like oh you like fucking brian wilson and then brian wilson's at the end of the movie playing guitar brian wilson and that like, or like uh, or yeah, Billy Idol, the fucking wedding singer. Yeah. Um, Although that was a good cameo. That's a good one. That was a great cameo, though. I just think like when it's just a reference to characters lip syncing songs that they like, it's not necessarily funny to me. Oh no, it's terrible. So a lot of audiences thinks that's hilarious. Yeah, it's not funny. I, I know. I hate that shit. It's definitely becoming a thing. Like in the two thousands, like Melissa McCarthy movies. There's always a scene where someone is lip syncing something stupid, and I'm like, okay, I get it. Someone likes a song. Blah blah blah. And in like you know Tommy Boy, they're singing. Don't you remember the baby? <laughs> like that was genuinely funny. But I think, like, maybe that idea has been run into the ground later on. And I think Wilson Phillips' Hold On, that song kind of hits that note for me of, like, that song has been used too much in comedy context that I'm, like, over it. I'm not going to hold that against it, but I agree with what you're saying. And there's probably some songs we'll come to at some point that had that effect on me. But um, who didn't vote? Marco. Me. Uh, I would say it's in between the like and a and uh, indifferent or whatever that one was the, um, <laughs> I used to really like it at the time I really did but I think I've just heard it too much and like we, exactly what you guys are saying about it being used in movies and stuff I think it's kind of corny now and I don't think it's aged as well as some of the other songs so yeah it's probably a like from me I guess I don't know it's not a bad look it's a good song I mean it's catchy it's 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 it, it hooks you in it's a, you know all that shit it's just yeah. it has enough of this sort of structure and feel of like an 80s hit 
that I just feel like maybe if it came out like three years earlier, it would be way more of a love because there might be some more synths in there and maybe a different beat, <laughs> like a different yeah. drum samples and stuff. And I think what you're saying also speaks to what I'm what I was saying about like some songs used in like a oh you're like Wilson Phillips oh stupid you know and then like a character's like really into it and that's hilarious are we specifically <laughs> talking about bridesmaids <laughs> yeah we're totally talking about bridesmaids <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> alright well how about this let's listen to another song and then we'll keep going with the list so I want to play this awesome collab this actually came out I feel like in the summer uh, but it's uh, a lot of fun and uh, you guys will dig it this is Icarus and Primo and uh, this one's called Vapor Memories
played, and that was Icarus and Primo with the track Vapor Memories, and uh, that's a cool track, and that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Oh, I hear the wolf, because it's time for the donation of the beast. That's right. These are all the people who donate the triple six. Now, this is a big, giant list, so I'm going to split it up into two parts, all right? So this is part one of my awesome Donation of the Beast patrons, the triple six. We're talking about Abashed Pudding, Adam Conway, Akio Nakasone, Andrew, Betadine, Big Baby D, Catpunk, Christian Quello, Dalton Bell, Dobrotech, Dominic Walter, Electromechanic, Evan Allen, Franz Varga, Sandbox General, Joe Esposito, Lolshka, Luke Timmermans, Nicholas Carl McNally, Night Ride FM, Owen Magali, Philip Back, Pooh in an Alleyway, Replicant 69, and Ross Pentland. You guys are all awesome. Thank you for donating to Beyond Synth, the triple six. And I'm back here with the Beyond Synth family, Mike, Marco, and Florence. We're going to take a little break from talking about 90 hits because we are going to play a little game of Password. Mike has uh, wanted to play this for a while. I've wanted to play this game for so long. And every time we record a show, we end up talking about other shit and we never get around to it. No, 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 no. Hold on. I need to... You gloss <laughs> over it because it's not your idea. No, it's because I go in... <laughs> you're like, I would rather spend four to five days writing trivia questions that are like, D, super hornio fuckers. Hey, man, that's why it's one of my proudest moments. <laughs> no, what happens is, is just like what's happened today. I go into the show thinking, oh, man, I'm coming into this show with like two trivia games. Like, we're not going to be able to fill the time. And then we end up recording for three hours. And just like today, all we have to do is say whether we like or don't like 25 songs. And it's taken us two hours to talk about nine. So, like, it, everything just expands with the with this show, which is fine. So, we're going to play Password. Mike will explain the rules and then we'll fucking do it. So, password. I like the 60s version of the TV show. I think there were other iterations, but that's fine. It's two teams of two. On each team, there is a clue giver and a clue guesser. The whole show is each team is trying to be the first team to guess the password. The password is known to both clue givers. Both teams take turns, each trying to guess what the password is. The clue giver on their turn gives one word as the clue for the thing. So if the word, the central password was dragon, I, as the clue giver, would give Florence, the clue guesser, lizard. And then she might say something that's incorrect. She did not guess dragon. So then it would be Andy and Marco's turn, and Andy, the clue giver, would give Marco the word wizard. And let's say Marco didn't get it. So the more we go on, the more context we have to get closer to the word. And then maybe my turn next is fire. And Florence still doesn't get it. And then so Andy gives the clue to Marco and he says, wings. And so Marco goes, hmm, lizard, wizard, fire, and wings. Oh, dragon, I get it. It's a really simple guessing game where you can't say what the password is and you only have one word at a time to get you there. But the more words we have, the more context we have, the faster we will get there each little round. And the teams will be just like Mike said in the description. So it's going to be uh, uh, Mike and Florence with Mike as the clue giver. And then I'll be on a team with Marco and I will be the clue giver. Yes. So, like, for example, if the 
word is dragon. Mm-hmm. If we are the clue giver, can we say like the name of a dragon? Like, can I say Smaug? Yes, you can. Okay. Uh, you can. You can get into pop culture. Okay, but don't say a phrase and don't say more than one word. Okay, got it. One word. So it's yeah. the same one for both of us yes. until whoever gets it first. Yeah. Oh, I got gotcha. yes. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It should be fine. So Andy, mm-hmm. you dub this in later. Oh yeah. Sorry. I'm yeah. Say. The password is. Tetties. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's not the password, by the way. Just so we're clear. Oh, my God. It should be. The password is skyscraper. All right, Florence. Building. Um, Skyline. Okay, Andy. Okay, Marco. Yes. And we can't say a portion of the word, right? That's also cheating. No, I just got to say the one word. Hi. What? High? Yes. Empire State Building? I don't know. <laughs> Florence. Clouds. Skyscraper? Oh! Hey, Florence That's got it. it. Damn it. You, was that That's it? That's the word. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, I thought that was too obvious. I was like, come what? on. That's what I'm saying. The more oh, clues we give, God. the more context, the faster we get there. And then it's just, it's a little easy round robin. Andy, do you want to come up with the next word? Sure. Okay. Um... Is that okay? Yep. Okay. Oh, uh, the password is... Teddy's. <laughs> <laughs> the password is... Mailbox. Okay, Marco. Yes. Letter. W. <laughs> Sorry, well, it's okay. I don't know what the fuck. No, that's fine. <laughs> Florence. <clears throat> yes. Oh, no. Um, post. Stamp. Mm-mm, nope. Um, what do we have? Letter and post. Yeah. Roadside. That's okay. two words, or is that one, one word? word? I guess that's one word. Uh, letterbox. I'm gonna give it to you because that's uh, it's basically the same word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What is the mailbox. word then? Mailbox. I was mailbox. 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 Although, although, sorry, you guys call it. You guys call it mailbox over here. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Although yeah. technically speaking, then I wouldn't have been able to say letter as a clue. Yeah. All right. So uh, oh, let's say it's well, one to one. Sure. I got the next word. And and do you see it? Yep. Okay. The password is titties. <laughs> the password is bong. Like a wee bong, just in case my robot voice confuses you fuckers. That thing you smoke marijuana with. B-O-N-G. Bong. Okay, Florence. Mm-hmm. Bubbler. <laughs> Champagne? Weed. <laughs> a bong? Yes! Yep. I mean, I, when you said I was gonna fucking say that. Oh man, okay. Well, at least this is when I, I specifically did not say weed because I wanted to see if I could shortcut Florence to the word. Oh my god. Okay, let's see here. <laughs> I would have gotten I would have gotten it. Yeah, it really it really helps with the second one. It gives it context. With one word yeah. it's it's almost fucking impossible. <laughs> Letter W <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I keep on trying to pick words, but then I just see how quick you would get to it. Um, Look around your room. Okay. That's how I got to bong. Okay, the password is... Scrotum. (laughs) The password is... Headphones. Listening. 
Um, ears. <laughs> Cans. Headphones. Fuck you. Oh! <laughs> I was going to say headphones, goddammit. Also, God damn it. also when you're like, look around your room, I'm like, I'm pretty sure Andy has headphones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me. I'm a, I got one. I got one. I'm putting it in. Okay. Um, uh, the password is. The password is Wolverine. Okay, so Florence. X Men. Um, mutant. No. Claws. Wolverine. Yes. Oh, there it is. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> okay. Um, so it seems like we're, uh, this is a better game than Who Am I? Yeah, at least we're getting them. Yeah, it's much better. <laughs> like <a couple. laughs> See, now I'm worried because I'm looking around my room. <laughs> a couch. Uh, okay, I got the word. Okay. The password is... Jism. <laughs> Stop it. The password is... Raccoon. Garbage. Um, t- trash, panda, fuck, <laughs> raccoon, fuck. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, this is this is actually really fun. And what say we flip the clue guessers and clue givers? Okay, well, how about this? Let's listen to a song. Marco, give us a song, and then when we come back, we'll do another round of password. All right. In that case, I've got a, a really awesome track here from um, Mitch Murder. He's got a new album out called Then Again. It's available at mitchmurder.bandcamp.com and uh, all the other popular streaming services. Um, the song I've decided to play off it is called Body Talk. Oh, and it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters with the donation of the beast. Uh, Artificial, Run the Skyway, Schneedlewood, Stagger, Thomas Shimanek, Trippy, Waylon Kasky, Geospatial, Zeon B, Cenotaph, Jean-Christophe Lecomte, Mike Bailey, and Nefas. Is that how we ended up pronouncing this? Nefas? Nefas? I think that's what it was. Uh, and we always like to end the donation of the beast with the Polar Wildcat Studios with the 617. And now, now we will listen to some awesome Mitch Murder with the track Body Talk. And it features amazing cover art too. That shit's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's a really good song too. Body Talk.
Night, and that was Body Talk by Mitch Murder. He always brings the goods, and that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters who are always bringing the goods to my heart. Awesome people like Zen Fraser with the 586 and Timbral with the 520. All right, and uh, we're back here with the Beyond Synth family, and right now we're playing Password, and uh, I'm here with, of course, uh, Marco and Florence and Mike, and we're going to flip... Are we still on the same teams, though? But we're just flipping yeah, the... Let's, let's stay yeah. on the same yeah, teams. And okay. Florence and Marco, you guys, can you just chat each other your words? Okay. See, this is the hardest part. I want to think of a word that's like... Oh, it's literally not the hardest part. I just think, like, any word is cool because it's just fun getting there. Okay. Mike's all about the journey. <laughs> yeah. Just like tell. that uh, Elder Barge song. Whose journey? Or that journey song. Uh, uh, Johnny. <laughs> I couldn't think of a journey song. (laughs) Okay, Marco, I'm sending you a word. Okay. Don't stop, Journey 5. And uh, the password is... Taint. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) The password is microwave. Okay, ready? Okay, Mike. Cooking. Stove. Nope. Uh, how do I do it? Uh, electric... Microwave. Yes, nice. Oh my god! (laughs) I didn't know if you'd get that. I was like, "What the fuck do I say?" (laughs) Okay, so Marco, you come up with the word and you type it to Florence. All right, all right. You you ready, Florence? Mm -hmm. The password is floppy dongs. (laughs) The password is koala. Ah, uh, fuck. How do I even start that? Bear? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally going to say that. <laughs> okay. Um, naked. That's what I was going to say, too. <laughs> Did you say naked? Yeah. <laughs> the hell? Okay. All right. Um, upside down. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. <laughs> Bear and upside down. <laughs> Sex. <laughs> oh, oh man! I should have. Uh, that was a bad. That was a bad one. Sorry, Mike. Can you say a place? Yeah, you can. Right, that's a part of the rules. Okay, I'll say. So I think it was bear, and what was the other one that you? S- upside, upside down. Upside down. down. <laughs> okay, I'll say. Uh, I'll say Australia. Koala. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> see. <laughs> nice. See. I, like. I'm thinking I was thinking if I had said Australia it was going to be too easy but I should have said Australia well you see you should have just went with it because like for my Wolverine clue I was like I'm going to be super complicated and then I said X-Men yeah. <laughs> so I, I probably would have gotten that if we went like bear and chlamydia. Oh my god. Chlamydia. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god. Eucalyptus. Eucalyptus. Yeah, that's the other one. Okay, Florence, you're up. Okay. The password is. The password is hamburger. Sandwich. Meatball. No. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, burger. That's pretty much it, right? You got it, right? That's oh, right. hamburger. Oh it's right. to say it's the word burger. He switched oh on. My fucking god. Jesus. It's a hot sandwich. Yeah. How the yeah, fuck thank did you. you. That's get what I thought. 
<laughs> Don't get okay. Go ahead, Marco. What's the next word? Golden eye. <laughs> <laughs> the shoe's oh, on the other foot now. Watch how quickly Mike devolves into Marco and just. Oh, it's fucking rigged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. I can't think of anything. I'm just. Anyway. The password is combat with a K. <laughs> the password is lamp. Uh, light. Light? Yeah. Okay. Um. Feather. Bam bam. Nope. Illumination. Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Illuminate. <laughs> no, Marco. That's a total, the same word. <laughs> it's a different word. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Is that seriously your guess? You goof. Uh, yes, okay. I, yeah, I don't know what else. Um, no, sun? They, you can't do illumination and illuminate as the fuck. We got light already. No, Mike, <laughs> Mike, just just let them have it. Yeah, all right, calm down, down, Mike. Please do. calm down. All right. Okay, I said sun, <laughs> sun. Okay. Sun. Yep. No. Um, living room. Lamp. Yep. Nice. All right. <laughs> See, that's why I was like, Mike, shut up. You're gonna get it after I say this. <laughs> Uh, you know what? <laughs> I, I got what you were going for, and I totally did. Just, I zipped it because I was like, "It's probably going to be easy as hell." <laughs> the password is shark, fish, barracuda. No. Uh, bite piranha. No. <laughs> Jaws. Ah, shark. <laughs> ah, damn! I should have said that. Damn it! <laughs> that's good. Uh, fuck. <laughs> well, I, I, I like. Sorry, Andy. Go buddy. <laughs> oh my gosh! And when there's no TV commercials and stuff, it goes pretty quick. <laughs> the password is cassette. Music. Stereo. Nope. Deck. Did you say dick? No. <laughs> deck. <laughs> no, no, no. Deck. Record. No. Oh. Uh. Oh shit. Um. Uh. Fuck. Um. You would think the people guessing the clues would be wasting most <laughs> of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, it's. I don't know what else to say without repeating what she said. Um. Illuminate. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I'm just going to reverse. That's a bad one, but I can't think of anything else. Okay. Reverse? Yeah. Turntable? Nope. Cassette. It's cassette. <laughs> <You got laughs> it. I didn't even say anything. How'd you know that? Oh, wait, do, I ha- do I have to say anything? I was going to say, like, I realized as I was saying that I skipped Florence's giving up the clue, but I, I got all the, I got it from the context. But it was music, deck, and then reverse. And I was like, it's not records or vinyls. It's got Yeah, I, still, I was hoping that would, yes. yeah, it's hard. I don't know. I didn't know what else to say without yep. actually saying <laughs> the word. It. Sorry, Andy. This game is fun as hell. <laughs> 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 All right, so look, I do have a listener-submitted trivia game, and that's what we're going to do a speed run through. We're going to speed run through that thing, but before we do that, we are going to listen to some music, all right? All right. Yeah, I'm having a great time, Andy. I like this show. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm finally starting to have fun. Good. <laughs> 
I, I noticed you loosened up a bit, Mike. That's good. Because <laughs> he's fucking high. He's a big stoner. So look, let's uh, listen to this track. Uh, this is by Perfume Genius and Initial Talk. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $5 Club. Awesome people like Alex Barshop, Anders Enger Jensen, Andrew Tukas, Arcade Eyes, Bogdan Crevo, Captain Big Bucks, Kevin Taylor, Kem Pop, Chest Press Magoo, Chris Williams, Chris Zakharoff, Christopher Albert, Christopher Hudson, look at that, the fucking Chris Patrol, and City Bat. All right, so let's uh, check out this track, man. This is Perfume Genius and Initial Talk with On the Floor, the Initial Talk Remix.
All right, and that was On the Floor, the Initial Talk remix by Perfume Genius and Initial Talk. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $5 Club, the Johnny Five Club. We got Damian Rudies, Dana Jean Phoenix, Daniel Dexius, Harkaden, Jeremy L. Corp, Joey and Kendra, Josh Riley, Kai, King Koopazilla, and Christian Micklebust. And I'm here with the Beyond Synth family, and we are going to do a trivia game speed run. I have a trivia game that was submitted to me by Monkey Magics. Cool patron Monkey Magics. Are there any patrons who you don't care for? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're just like, God damn, that son of a bitch Netrunner every week. Fuck that guy. <laughs> no way, man. I love all my patrons. A Netrunner is a cool guy. This trivia game is called You're the Worst... And this is things that are considered the worst. Follow me. All right. Like that show on FX. Yeah. FX the series. (laughs) 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 That clearly had no effect on anybody else. Wait, he's broken this into rounds. Wow. This is going to go Marco Mike Florence. Is that cool? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Alphabetical order. Yeah. All right. So (laughs) question number one, Marco. Okay. Round one. The worst computer game in the Zelda franchise. Oh, I get it now. So he's broken into rounds, and then there's like three questions that sort of have the same theme. That's what this is. Okay. So question one. Marco, pick the real Zelda title. Okay. Now this is considered uh, one of the worst games in the Zelda franchise. Is it A, Zelda's Quest, B, Zelda's Adventure, C, Zelda's Mission, or D, Zelda's gonna cook you a pie. Nice. Uh, what was the first two again? Zelda's Quest and Zelda's Mission? Zelda's Quest, Adventure, and Mission. Zelda's Adventure? <laughs> I don't know. That is correct. Oh, I got it. Nice. Uh, background, originally released on the Philips CDI, Nintendo licensed Zelda to try and undermine Sony's launch into video games, and it didn't work. Because it was terrible. All right, Mike, we're still in the worst computer games in the Zelda franchise, so you got to pick the real title. Was it Link, The Faces of Evil, Link, The Mountain of Darkness, Link, The Rising Sword, or Joke Answer, Linked Up to the Max on Acid? (laughs) Let's do Link, The Rising Sword, because that's kind of (laughs) porny. That is incorrect. You say my porn answer is incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) So, Florence, what's a real uh, Zelda title considered one of the worst Zelda games? Was it The Faces of Evil, Link the Mountain of Darkness, or Link the Rising Sword? Um, Link the Mountain of Darkness? That is incorrect. Marco, by the process (laughs) of elimination. Yes. Is it Link, the Faces of Evil, the Mountain of Darkness, or the Rising Sword? Which one did I, which one did Mike say again? <laughs> My process of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Mike said Rising Sword. Florence said Mountain of Darkness. So it's the first one then. Which is what? What was the first one again? That is correct. Uh, right. This is uh, thanks, guys. 
Appreciate it. <laughs> Originally released on the Philips CDI as part of the Nintendo license deal. Basically, all the worst Zelda games were... They had such bad games on there, didn't they? Oh, my God. Yeah. Nintendo sucks. <laughs> this is the third and final Zelda game that was released on the Philips CDI. Wilson Phillips? Yes. So, Mike, what is the third and final Zelda game to be released on the Philips CDI? Was it The Wand of Gamelon? Uh, was it Zelda The Eyes of Ganon? Zelda The Crown of Grandeur? Or Zelda Too Fast, Too Furious, <laughs> Tokyo Drift? <laughs> Polite laughter. Number two, <laughs> The Eyes of Ganon. Incorrect. Florence. What were the what was number one and number three again? Number one was the Wand of Gamelon, and number three was the Crown of Grandeur. Gamelon sounds like a cool word. I'm a little high though, so you know. A what I mean. Gamelon is like a drum circle, like an improvisational drum circle. Okay. Does that have anything to do with Zelda though? Well, the the whole point is these games had very little to do with Zelda. Okay. Maybe the the Gamelon drum game was released with the Donkey Kong bongos. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Um, I'm going to go with number three, the Grand Speaking of one. polite laughter, you guys could just tell me if my jokes are bad, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is incorrect, Florence. So we go to Marco. So it has to be the first one, whatever the hell that was again. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. All right. I'm finally winning oh something. <laughs> Mike, we're doing so badly. <laughs> I know, you're doing so bad that right. I actually win. Round two. Round two, round two, round two. All right, here we go. Round two. Some of the worst computer game dialogue. Oh. Mike, from which game does the following line come from? You know what they say, all toasters toast toast. <laughs> Was it from Adam's Family Values, Hotel Mario, Dragon's Lair, or Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? I think it's from the Adams Family game. That is incorrect. Florence. God damn it. Um, Power Rangers? That is incorrect. Marco. Uh, it's got to be that Mario one. What was it called? The uh... That is correct. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I actually knew that one, though. I didn't know that one. Oh <laughs> anyway. Originally released on the Philips CDI, along with those terrible Zelda games, features Mario and animated cutscenes created in Microsoft Paint. Okay, Mike, who said this infamous line from the popular X-Men arcade game? Wolverine. The quote is this. X-Men, welcome to die. Was it Omega Red, Magneto, Juggernaut, or your mom? Welcome to die. Let's say it was the Juggernaut, bitch. That is incorrect, Florence. Oh. Magneto? That is correct. Nice. Oh, yes, I got one. <laughs> well done. All right. Uh, we go to Marco. Yes. The line, I'm the light bringer. I'm the fucking universe comes from which video game? Was it Alone in the Dark, Devil May Cry, Bayonetta, or Animal Crossing? That's funny. Bayonetta? That is incorrect. Mike. <laughs> you were going to say mean, uh, Animal House. Uh, Bayonetta. That's I what just Marco that. just said. <laughs> oh, um, B. Devil May Cry? Yeah. Incorrect. Florence. Um, whatever... What, what are, what's, what's the left? not Animal Crossing option? Alone in the just Dark. The other- just well, let's just answer, go with dude. that one. That is correct. Okay, Marco. 
I was going to say, I was like, should, I have, should I have chosen Animal Crossing? Oh, you'll, okay, you'll get this one, Marco, for sure, hopefully. Okay. Uh, yeah, don't, no, uh, don't put any pressure on me or nothing. <laughs> the line, here's a lockpick. It might be helpful if you, the master of unlocking, take it with you. Comes from which computer game? Is it Silent Hill, Escape Dead Island, Resident Evil, or Ghostbusters? Escape Dead Island? <laughs> what the hell? No, that's not my pick. Uh, Resident Evil. Yeah, it is correct. That's a classic. I know. All right, Mike. Give me a Ghostbusters question. Here's the dialogue. All right. Look, ramps. We can use these as ramps. Comes from which Sonic game? I was going to say that sounds familiar. Is it Sonic Freeriders, Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric, Sonic Forces, or Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Winter Games? I think Sonic Forces. Incorrect. Florence. No. What are the other options? Sonic Freeriders, Sonic Boom, Rise of Lyric, and Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Sonic Freeriders? That is incorrect. Marco. Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games or whatever? That is incorrect. Uh, You're all wrong. No points. (laughs) The next song in 1990 is Rock Sets. It must have been love... There's more. Are we? All right. Oh, man. Can we do all future episodes this fast? <laughs> I kind of love this chaos. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is probably the most famous line of bad dialogue ever. Oh. But which computer game is it from? How are we, gentlemen? All your base are belong to us. Oh. Is it from Demon Sword, Space Quest 3, Zero Wing, or Tetris? Uh, Zero Wing. That is correct. Nice. Who's next? Florence? Actually, no. Actually, you know what? Maybe we should listen to a song. Marco, uh, play a song. All right. Marco, uh, play the shortest song you think of. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> a Krill Madness, uh, who's no stranger to this show. I, Andy, you know I always play his music. But he's got a new album out, which I really like, of course. Uh, it's called Caden, and it's available at acrylmadness.bandcamp.com. The track I decided to play off it is called Swift Deflection.
played, and that was Acryl Madness with the track Swift Deflection. Uh, another Marco pick this week, and that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $5 Club. Did I mention Christian Micklebust? There's also Lee McConnell, Marco Cranendonk, Mr. Gimpson, Neon Zone, Rawr, Robocock, Roboito, Simon Norberg, and Star Nomad. And we are back here with the Beyond Synth family. We are continuing our trivia game that was submitted by awesome patron Monkey Magics. And uh, we're just going to finish it off here. So, Florence. Yes. This is round three of the trivia game called You're the Worst. In this one, we're talking about computer game on the console. Question. What year did the infamous E.T., the extraterrestrial, get released on Atari? Was it 1980, 81, 82, or 1999? Oh, fuck me. I should know this. Definitely in the 80s. Let's say... Wait, E.T. was in the 80s? (laughs) Annie? Oh, wait. Annie? (laughs) (laughs) Annie! Eighty-one. Incorrect. Marco. Eighty-two. Okay. Correct. Right, cool. E.T. is the top-grossing film of 1982. Steven Spielberg is a goddamn cinematic genius. But it killed the video game industry. Yep. All right, Mike. Single-handedly. But apparently. it. But it revived yep. the knockoff alien puppet industry. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Mac and me. All right, Mike. What year did the controversial Night Trap get released on Sega CD? Was it 1988, 1990, 1992, or 1970? 92. Nice. Yeah. That is correct. Florence. What? What year did the worst game in the Mortal Kombat franchise, Mortal Kombat Special Forces, get released? Fuck me. <laughs> I don't even think I could have answered this. Two. 2000, is that 2001. Like an game like like Time Crisis. Mortal Kombat Special Forces was the game that was an adventure game that followed Sonya and Jax on their hunt for Kano. It was 3D and it was pretty bad. So, did it come out in the year 2000, 2001, 2002, or 2020? <laughs> um, 2001. Incorrect. Marco. This game looks like Siphon Filter. Uh, so what were the options? 2001, 2002? And 2000. That's only three options? Well, there's also 2020. Oh, well, I'll say 2002 then. That is incorrect. Mike. Uh, uh, options? 2000, 2001, 2002, and 2020. You're correct. Okay, uh, Ah. final round. The worst consoles that disappeared without a trace. Florence, which one of these was a real console? The Sega Genesis Neo, the Sega Genesis Pocket, the Sega Genesis Nomad, or the Sega Genesis Gary? Um, Gary. Sega Genesis Neo? That is incorrect. Marco. Pocket one? That is also incorrect. Mike. Gary. Final answer? The the other one. The third one? That they Uh, did say? Nomad. That is correct. I'm correct. Yeah, I win. All right. Which, Florence, which was a real console? (laughs) I love this. Okay. These questions are dumb. Uh, the Atari 5200, the Atari 5100, <laughs> the Atari 5400, or the Atari 66666. <laughs> oh, I don't know. 
5,400. That is incorrect. Marco. Uh, what were the other ones? 5,100 and 5,200. Yes. Uh, 5,200. That is correct. Okay, Mike. Yeah. Which yeah. was a real console? The Nokia A game, the Nokia N gauge, the Nokia X site. Nokia N gauge. That is correct. All right, Marco won with seven. Mike had five. Florence had two. Let's play another song, rate oh, a few more right. tracks, and get the hell out of here. Uh, thanks, Monkey Magics, for submitting your trivia game. I hope you all have a lovely day. Oh, who won? Oh, yeah, I just told you. Okay. Me. <laughs> me. That's right. I reminded everyone it was me again, that one. <laughs> all right, look. Let's uh, listen to another track, and then we will do some more songs from the uh, 1990 list. So I want to uh, listen to this one. This is from Fury Weekend. It's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. In the $5 club, we got Stephen Forster, Steve from The Matrix, Sven Bomanis, Tatsuya Miwa, The Axle Effect, The Naked Flame, Tim Ross, Timothy Pierce, Tron Travolta, Watch Out for Snakes, William Dolphin, City Lights, and Stephen Field. Thank you so much for supporting the show. This is Fury Weekend featuring Scandroid with Save the Queen.
All right, and that was Fury Weekend with Save the Queen featuring Scandroid. That was brought to you by my awesome PayPals. We got Upgrade Jimpy, the king of the PayPals, Austin Whetstone, Christian Beeler, the Rosconian, Brandon Morin, Ross Bruce, Digital Dreams, Gustav Velichek, and someone incorporated Russell Nyes, Daniel Williams, Timothy Warwick, Jimmy Groon, and Jersey, who says, keep the synth on. I think we will, Jersey. And I am back with the Beyond Synth family, and maybe we'll wrap this show up. We'll uh, we'll rate a few more tracks from 1990, but uh, at the rate we're going, this is going to be a <laughs> an ongoing series because I don't think we're ever going to get through this list. No. Yeah, the the <laughs> series is we're only going to discuss songs from 1990. Yeah, <laughs> and it's going to be like a fucking four part thing spanning five months. Well, I was going to say if you wanted to make it a little interesting, we can go forward one year and backwards one year, so you can mix it up and be like, and this one's from 91. And this one's from 89 Yada 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 Just And then fun. and then eventually At the end of like Three years I will have the list That I can then Take the data from And figure out How you feel about the song Yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay So listen The next track So we just did Wilson Phillips Hold on yep. So the next track Which was on the charts For two weeks Was Roxette It must have been Love Which is this It must have been This is weird because this to me is sort of like very similar to the Wilson Phillips song that I gave a like to. And I feel like I'm more in the indifferent camp on this one. I feel exactly the same way about this song than I did about the last song we just listened to. I think I love this song. Uh, If you're a burgeoning synthwave producer, listen to pop songs and their snares. Because a lot of the best pop songs that you love already have the dopest produced snares ever and that like (laughs) that song it must have been love has like a such a good snare and i'm gonna put it in the love category okay because i love when towards the end they change the chorus melody and they go it must have been love wait must what it must have been (laughs) love but it's over now and it changes and it does that i love that part i love when songs have a structure and then it, they kind of fuck with it as they go along. How about you, Marco? Yeah, it's a love for me, yeah. I think it's... Out of all the Roxette songs, I think it's one aged the best out of all of them. Um, it's a good song, yeah. Um, I like it. I love it, actually. Sorry. Florence! <laughs> this is the only song on this list that gets a love for me. Yeah, Because I fucking love the song... Um, because it's nostalgic to me because Pretty Woman was a movie that I watched like a lot when I was like really little funny enough it was the first time I I learned what a prostitute was Um, (laughs) fun times those golden memories (laughs) (laughs) memories of hookers you know but uh, I absolutely love this song because it reminds me of yeah, like watching Pretty Woman when I was really little, and it's I I think it's a great song. It's all right, so we're four loves. Great. We're all loves. Nice. I'm a like on that one. Andy, oh, I was trying to oh, make okay. sway you. I thought you, were, I I thought you, you said you were indifferent. <laughs> I was trying to confuse you and make you go to love. Oh. <laughs> all right, next track, New Kids on the Block, Step by Step. Now this is where I'm gonna blow all your minds. This is a love for me. Ooh. 
This song is ridiculous, but I find so it so bad. much fun, and I like the the chorus. And there's, I, I just, it's it's a fun song. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. maybe if you're into boys, <laughs> I am. <laughs> That's what makes it extra fun. Uh huh. Maybe if you're into boys. <laughs> <laughs> Marco's our edgy member of the show. <laughs> I'm a love because I love new kids and I love, I just love new kids. Anything new kids, I'm into it. And boys by Marco's metric. <laughs> Must be. Join me, Mike. <laughs> uh, Nambla. I went to San Antonio last month and we found this like vintage 90s clothing. Like there's like shops that sell vintage 90s t-shirts and hats and sneakers and stuff. I went there specifically looking to see if I could find a cool hat from the 90s. And I found a... Uh, a hat from the tour promotional hat that's new kids hanging tough cd it's all nylon it's totally like plastic and it's shiny and it's neon green <laughs> and it was like 40 bucks but it was the end of the day so i got it for 20 bucks and uh that hat is so cool it's the cool i love new kids they're great <laughs> uh florence i like this song it's fun <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Marco, uh, it's a dislike for me. I I don't know. It's just terrible. It's so cringy too. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I, yeah. but I think I'm a, I'm a little bit older than you guys, so I did like one or two Backstreet Boy songs, but by 1990, they kind of already. I don't know. It was really cringy anyway for me. Sorry. Yeah, I think this is one of those ones that's where my opinions changed as I got older. So like mm. when I was a kid, when this came out, this was uh, I remember like when New Kids. I think they came out in like 1989 or was it 89 around there? 88 or 89. And I remember I didn't, I was like in grade three, but I remember it was sort of like uncool to like them because, you know, like you're young, you're boy and it's like, this is for girls, you know? So like, (laughs) so I grew up with that whole sort of notion of like, this stuff's really corny and it is, but there's something about this particular song and the fucking Oreo one. Or, uh, sorry. Oreo I mean, Weird one. Al did the Oreo parody. <laughs> uh, the fucking, oh, oh, the right stuff. Yeah, the right stuff. Yeah, like, as a kid, I was like, this stuff's corny and stupid, and I don't like it. And then later on, I feel like this almost feels, this stuff feels still more 80s to me than, like, a lot of things that are on, like, the 90s list. And so, like, mm-hmm. just the, the vibe and the chorus melody and stuff like that. So that's why it's there for me. Um, all right, next we got... Glenn Medeiros featuring Bobby Brown with She Ain't Worth It. Yes. She ain't worth it. Girl ain't worth it. All this week that she's been putting you through. She ain't worth it. The girl ain't worth it. Believe me, I know I'm no better than anything better than anything better than you. Can I just say, uh, yes? <laughs> <laughs> So this is still this this is in the same vein as the sort of fucking uh, new kids shit for me. Like it sounds like it's the same producer to my yeah. ear. It, it sounds like the Paula Abdul Janet Jackson sound as well. Yeah, it classic does. new Jack swing. Uh, new Jack started becoming popular around eighty seven ish, and then like the height of it was MC Hammer time, like nineteen ninety ninety one Vanilla Ice kind of times not saying that those are new jack but like bobby brown is my favorite artist of all time he's on both ghostbuster soundtracks which i mean like that's a fucking that's an accolade (laughs) 
But, uh, you know, Bobby Brown probably is one of my most influential music artists of all time. Minus him smoking crack and beating up on Whitney. Yeah, there's a whole section on his Wikipedia page that's just all about his criminal charges. But uh, but as far as songs go, this one for me, it's uh, yeah, like I said, it's 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 right on the boundaries of like and indifferent again. But it's it's not the Ghostbusters Bobby Brown songs. Like if it was like. Uh, yeah, like that, I, was that, that I like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Florence. I don't like this song. <laughs> <laughs> I like the new Jack Swing. I like the vibe of it, but I cannot get past the vocals. The vocals are like so not strong and they're like slightly off key too. And I can't, it, I can't stand it. But like the song, like the music part of it is fine, but I just can't get past the vocals. I want Bobby Brown to do, yeah, yeah, you know it in every song. <laughs> Mike, did you, so are you a like or a love? I'm a, you know what? On this one, I'm a love because it's not like one of the famous Bobby Brown songs, but I like it and I would put it on. But I'm not going to be like, oh, this is like one of my favorite Bobby Brown songs. I almost said Bobby B. <laughs> Marco. I was going to say uh, uh, that I'm indifferent to it. But then, you know, I was just thinking if it came on the radio, I actually probably would turn it off. I'd probably switch it. So then I, I don't like dislike it, but I would have to say I'd have to go with a dislike because I probably would turn it off. So. All right. Well, look, uh, how about this? Uh, we got to end this show. So I got one last song here to play and then we'll say goodbye and continue our 1990 rankings, I guess, on the next family show. And uh, that's what we're going to do. So look, here is a track from Stan Duclair. This is some classic synthwave sounds. Uh, this is a track called Blade.
right, and that was Stan Duclair with the track Blade, and that's a cool song, I dig it, and I've been chatting with the Beyond Synth family, Mike, Marco, and Florence. I know this was sort of uh, a different kind of episode today, but uh, it was, I don't know, it was fun to actually, like, talk about music, you know, so I, I thought it was a good time. I enjoyed it, I just hopefully it's a little bit entertaining for people, that's all, I guess. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, so that's it for today. Uh, we'll tackle the second half of the 1990 chart next family show and maybe we'll also tackle another random year which has less hits i mean i think now that we know what we're doing we should be able to go through the list a little faster next time but uh you know hey this is a this is a question for the audience what do you want to hear us do like just continue on chronologically and do like 1991 next or do you want to do what mike suggested and randomize uh let me know and also don't forget to check out florence's EP, which is out now. Yeah, you should. Indeed. It's very good stuff. What's it called? It's called Glass and Steel. Yeah, and if you want to know more about it, listen to last week's episode and go get it on Glitbiter's Bandcamp. Uh, okay, Marco, say goodbye. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Thanks thanks for tuning in. And thanks for picking some cool tracks to play. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. And Mike, say goodbye. I want people to go check out Retro Power. It's a chart that I made. It's a top 100 chart now. It used to be top 40. And uh, now it's top 100 because there is enough data to support that. I'm a data scientist. I'm inspired by Florence. I'm not trying to say I'm cooler than her. She's clearly <laughs> the coolest one of all. But uh, no, I think data reveals so many cool things. And if you look at the numbers, there are so many amazing tracks. So go find Retro Power Chart, powered by Retro Promenade on Spotify. And I'm going to update that list every single week so that everyone out there can know what everyone else likes. I feel like there isn't that, that doesn't exist for Synthwave. Everyone has like personally curated charts, you know, oh, my top 10 tracks of the month. But there doesn't seem to be a science-based objective list that tells people what are the actually top popular popular tracks and that's what i want people to go uh that's my new big project that i'm reviving and uh, i want everyone to just go find it on retro promenade all right everybody retropromenade.gov and for all your other needs go uh have a good time go smoke a bowl <laughs> and everybody else uh, have a lovely week and tune in next I time thought you were gonna say and everybody else go fuck yourself yep. <laughs> <laughs> i can hey man look everybody else go fuck yourself but stay tuned next week to beyond synth the best synth wave chat show there is black velvet is a man oh man oh man Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, 
Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you.